Big Little Lies, Season 2, Episode 2, Telltale Hearts is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. I am Josh Wiggler. I am joined here by my lovely co-host, who is always revealing way too much from my private phone calls, Emily Fox. <laughs> Emily, how are you doing? I don't think you take Be- enough phone calls for me to reveal anything about you. Uh, not to, to you know, tee this up for you. I, I did take some highly sensitive phone calls yesterday that you were privy to. That's true. Uh, but the, the details of which we will not share on this podcast, at least I hope. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to know what kind of information I can trust you with, Emily. I'm I'm a really good secret keeper. No, what you are is you are someone who who receives a lot of secrets, uh, but the keeper of secrets, uh, some some debate in my mind. I think I've kept the most important secrets. Okay, and I wouldn't know because you've kept them so tightly. That's true. Yeah, but a lot of the sensitive material that I tell you, like sometimes you'll just like straight up tell other people. No. <laughs> I think we're just going to have to agree to disagree. On that. Emily. Listen, you're my husband and I'm supposed to be able to tell you these things so we can work it out together. Oh, my gosh. There is a lot of problems happening <laughs> in the world of Big Little Lies right now, which we will get into. Obviously, if you have not yet seen episode two of season then why two, are you listening to this? You shouldn't be listening to this unless it's a mistake. And if it's an, an accident that you're here, then this uh, is your last ditch effort to hit pause. Yeah. And hit watch. pause. Get out of here. Go away. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. That happened in this episode. Here are the headlines. Madeline and Ed, no more. At least for now. Yeah, yeah. That's a, sort of... A temporary stuff. breakup, a, a forever breakup. We just don't know. But we are done. Our, but we are done. Know, I'm pretty think, final... I'm thinking we're done. It's like the, the Big Little Lies version of John Wick. I wish everyone could see the fact that you were putting your hands on your hips. My hands are on my hips as I'm saying, <laughs> I believe we are done. I'm thinking we're done. That wonderful posture. Even though we're just getting started. started. Emily's favorite thing, if you have uh, remember from the Sharp Objects podcast. All right. So so Madeline and Ed broken up for now. Um, everybody also in Monterey now knows that Perry is Ziggy's father and the game. Not of tel- everybody. Just, just about. Kids. Just about. Like the important people the most important people i guess the most important people to know maybe would be the police doesn't seem like the police well, quite I think know we're what's working going on. towards finding we're out what their thoughts that. are right we're, we're working towards that it seems like but the but the the jig is up the zig is up uh people know that wow. perry is ziggy's uh father uh the the boys know it uh mary louise knows this and all this information comes out in a very terrible fashion so that's a that's a big to do um we're meeting bonnie's mommy uh, Elizabeth Howard, played by Crystal Fox. I know. I immediately was like, oh, so she's amazing. Her yeah. last name's Fox. Emily, you do like you're very happy anytime you meet another Fox. I, I am. Like. I am. You're, li- you're a little more territorial over the name Emily than you are Fox. Well, when you grew up in the 80s and the 90s, every other little girl was named Emily. Mm-hmm. It's been on the top 10 name list for the last 35 years, basically. Right. So and so you're, you, it's like an attack on your individuality. Being Emily F. Yeah. Forever was super annoying because there was just always there like, too many Emily's in there school. There's just too so many other all... Emily's. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that even in grad school, my final class, I didn't have another Emily in. I was like, yes, score. Yes. All right. Well, we, we meet Chris, Crystal Fox as Elizabeth, not Emily Howard, not Round Howard. Uh, she has entered the picture and she has brought props. There are there's some I don't know if it's prop Big comedy fan of that feather. I don't Love know if, that. I don't know if it's prop comedy, but there Chicken are props. Bone, not so much. There are know. props in in the midst here. We will talk about that uh, because I have questions. I'm sure other people have questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've got answers, but we will try. Um, Renata's husband Gordon. He's a punk. He's in jail, or or he's been arrested. He's currently not in jail, but he has been arrested, and uh, it's not going well in the Klein household. No. Uh, Renato is my spirit animal in this episode. And I don't know what that says about me, but I was. Really I don't know what it says about me. Like, that's a little scary. <laughs> I will not not be rich. Josh. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> so those are the, the major headlines. There's, you know, a bunch of uh, Mary Louise shenanigans going on. Meryl Streep and the teeth are out in full force here in episode two. Yeah, she really revealed the fangs. She episode. did. The fangs are out in, in episode two of, of Big Little Lies. Uh, we'll get into all of those stories in specific detail. Uh, in in just a couple of moments, just some some business 
right at the top of the podcast here on Wig Little Lies. We really got to embrace that. I know that's the hashtag that people are using. Service advisory. So first of all, this podcast coming to you a little bit later than, than we typically like. We like to record these on Mondays. Uh, circumstances have pushed us to having to, to record our episode two recap on a Tuesday afternoon. So this is getting into your podcast feeds a little bit later than we'd like. That's going to be the case for the next couple of episodes as well as Emily and I are going to be on the road, hopefully driving uh, a little more safely than we saw the driving occur in this episode. Hopefully I'm not getting kicked out of the car at any point. You do tend to be the driver. We drive Emily. a very practical Subaru, not a Tesla. So yes. there's that. Okay. So, we, so, so <laughs> we and our Subaru, we will be on the road uh, for the next week or so. So our episode three recap will certainly be coming to you a little bit later. Uh, episode four podcast, probably coming to you a little bit later. Look for those. And the following Wednesdays is what we are thinking. Um, the episode three recap also may come of an audio quality. That is a little, uh, I, I wouldn't say subpar, but certainly different from what you are hearing right now as we will be recording from the road. So just uh, prepare your ears for, for that eventuality. Uh, you have been warned of the potential odd audio quality. You really know how to sell this, huh? I'm just giving people <laughs> the heads up. Listen, we just had, I just had a very traumatic podcast audio faux pas on my end. And I, I just, I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to personally feel like I can lift that down. So just plenty of advance notice about all of that. All right. Like deep breaths, taking that taking clean, fresh air. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I should you go know? for a long walk. Yeah. 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 A go, hike. Go for maybe. a for a little hike. You love to hike. I do love hiking. Everybody knows this about me. It's a very, very known fact about, about yours truly. In your bohemian sweaters, just walking Indeed, through. indeed. All right. We would also love it if you subscribed to this podcast, if you have not done so already, postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. We are working on getting postshowrecaps.com slash big little lies up and running so that you can just subscribe to our big little lies coverage, but at the least, you can subscribe to the main feed right now. Uh, lots of fun stuff happening on Post Show Recaps. In addition to the Big Little Lies, we also have The Throners, the final Game of Thrones podcast coming your way this week. Emily, I'm almost done for real with Game of Thrones. I I'm so excited. It's very exciting. It's very really exciting times. And the Throners itself, I'm very excited for because it's going to be a hysterical podcast. I've gotten a little bit of a sneak preview based on the organizational processes that are occurring behind the scenes. Uh, going to be a fun show. Awesome. I'm very excited about it. Uh, we also have some strange things happening on the podcast uh. in the not too distant future. Uh, so you may want to keep an ear out for some stranger things things that might occur that feels like that hint that hint feels like it was a little on the nose (laughs) that hint feels like it was a little bit on the nose so just i don't know just you know you you check into the post show recaps who knows what's coming your way there there could be some stuff could be some some weird stuff will some weird will is that you some weird stuff will happen in the not too distant future here on post show recaps so subscribe to the show We've got a lot of fun stuff coming your way. Feedback. We also love getting your feedback for this podcast and other podcasts. Postshowrecaps.com slash feedback. You can always hit us up on Twitter as well. Emily is at Emilet like an omelet with an E. I think I said omelet well this time. I feel good about that. Thank feel you. good about that. I am at Round Howard uh, like uh, Elizabeth Howard, but rounder uh, and not Bonnie's uh, mother or father. Uh, that's the business up front. <laughs> It's a pack for the party in the back. Yeah. You know what? It's funny. Uh, I was just recording a podcast that people will not hear for another couple of weeks uh, recently. And we made that exact joke. We talked about the mullet. And as well. I wasn't there. You weren't there. No. You weren't there. So uh, at some point in the future, be prepared for another uh, another mullet gag in the intro. And we won't be able to reference this moment at all because it's already been done. Uh, but you will know having heard this podcast. All right. We talked about the headlines. We gave them like very, very quickly. This is a packed episode of Big Little Lies. Like, I don't know how much longer it was than episode uh, one. I think it was still under an hour. I think it was definitely under an hour, but I don't know by by how much. I mean, I think that the the we watched on HBO Go and it, it clocked in at like 50 ish minutes. Uh, so the first episode of the season was a, a roughly around 40, uh, you know, 43 or so. I think that this was closer to 50 minutes. Uh, it definitely felt longer, uh, not just because of the real time, but also because so much happened. Yeah, we gave that quick snapshot of everything. But like what we talked about before, you know, Madeline and Ed have broken up. 
Everybody knows that Perry is Ziggy's father, or most people know that Perry is Ziggy's father. We've met Bonnie's mother at this point. Renata's husband has been arrested. Mary Louise is talking about going to the police. Uh, Celeste crashed her car. Uh, we there's just there's so much stuff that happened in this episode that it feels like the type of events that would occur like in a finale, you know, yeah. or, or like deep into a season. So to say Big Little Lies is off to the races early on would be an understatement. Well, what we're really watching is a snapshot of everyone's lies coming out. Right. Yeah. Every single thing that happened was very dramatic, but also hinged upon a lie. Yeah. No, I think that we're seeing I, I we've talked before on the podcast about how a lot of this season seems like it's going to be kind of the explosion of the lie. Uh, but there are still those little lies that were that were being kept in the first season that didn't have resolution. I think one of the bigger ones was Madeline's infidelity, uh, the the affair that she had behind Ed's back with uh, with Isaac Mendez of Heroes fame, of Joseph, uh, not the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat variety, uh, the, the, the stage director, uh, the Avenue Q director, and that has exploded out. That is now out in the universe. Uh, Ed now knows, uh, and he has learned the information in terrible fashion. Right, and I think he was also sort of thrown off by the fact that he learns of Ziggy's paternity you know, earlier on in the episode and is like, oh, my gosh, you're lying to me about that, too. Like, what's going on? So I think a lot is uncovered in their relationship. And obviously the final nail in the coffin is him finding out about Madeline's infidelity. Yeah. So that was a that was very intense. Uh, I mean, like, I don't really even even know where to start. Like, I think we'll, we'll do this the same way that we've done uh, already. The way that we did it last week is we kind of talked about it character by character. I think we'll try and do that this week as well. <laughs> so much, though. <laughs> but the stories are already weaving in and out of each other's uh, lives. And it's just hard to know, like, what is the headline from from this week? So I think that the episode does end on Madeline and Ed's yeah. breakup. So maybe let's begin there. Sure. Uh, and it does it does end with us hearing uh, Adam Scott's fake singer voice. That's oh, not Adam. Scott, I know. I was is, like, oh, just what all of us needed to hear once again. Yeah, a lot of music callbacks already to the first season. Like, I think we talked about last week about how this feels like we're on the other side, like we're through the looking glass or like on the yeah. other side of the mirror. I wonder if Big Little Lies will be able to sustain itself past a second season, because I think already structurally this second season is being constructed to kind of be like an answer to season one. Doesn't yeah. it kind of feel that way? Totally. Totally. Yeah. It just like feels like we're we're, you know, we're really like connecting threads back to that that first season and it seems like it's it's sort of following the theme of how corrosive lies can be right yeah especially with the the preview for the rest of the season where they're talking about how like not everybody makes it out yeah and oh my god well we'll see we'll see what that possibly means for the for the the lethality of the season are we going to lose some characters along the way is somebody else going to go the way of ace cars mm. we'll find out uh at the very least for now uh, Ed and Madeline's relationship on the rocks, getting pounded by the ocean. <laughs> it's not. It's not going well. Were you surprised by this? I mean, of all the surprises in this episode, of all the developments, uh, where does this one rank for you? I mean, this was one of the jaw-dropping moments of the episode, where I was like, "Oh no!" I think because like so much had already happened. <laughs> yeah, because it's towards the end when it happens. Like Ed had already been like burned by a Madeline lie, right? And right. and so for like the really big one to come out like just a couple minutes later was like yeah. whoa or Abigail too yeah that's tough she's the, like oh uh, we weren't talking about anything no nope. yeah and like she <laughs> she said it the way that she said it and she's like oh you said that it wasn't home yeah Ooh. first of all your house is too big yeah never ever think that you're alone yeah that should just be like the standard operating procedure just always assume somebody is in the house yeah somebody is in the home mm -hmm. uh, it turns doesn't out he work from home. He does work from home. Yeah, come on. He does work from home. So it should be a safe assumption that he is always home. Go have your conversations near the beach. Yeah. Or don't cheat on it. Could also be <laughs> an option. Or at the very least, maybe maybe tell him like closer to the moment that you were going to tell him back in season one. Because, I mean, it did feel like in the first season, in the finale, so many things happened that it, you know, Madeline, it, it felt like she was like on the cusp of telling Ed like she mm -hmm. couldn't keep the lion anymore. Uh, you know, she was drinking so much at the charity event, at the karaoke event that she was about to say it. And then everything that happened with Perry happened. And she now had this new lie that she could kind of like, you know, like lean into. And that could be sort of like an organizing right. tool of, you know, like how to how to like safely protect herself uh, from having to, to say anything to Ed. Now, like at least six months, a little bit longer, perhaps have passed uh, since then. 
Uh, and so that means it's been two years or so since the affair. Um, Madeline has told Ed, uh, or Madeline had told her daughter, rather, had told Abigail, had not told Ed. Um, the fact that she had told Abigail, I thought the saddest part of like the confrontation between Madeline and Ed was when they're in the bedroom and Ed says, does Chloe know? Uh, and it's like, well, of course she doesn't know is, is kind of Madeline's answer, but it's like, how can you be so sure? How can you, how can you be so sure if she's already like, kind of like blown up the Ziggy thing from earlier in the episode, but also like the, the way that I had read that beyond that was, was Ed being like, well, you already told Abigail, you told one of your daughters how, who, how can I say like it's a ridiculous thing to ask if you've told our other daughter? Right. You know, just like sort of like the level of violation that he's feeling in that. Moment. And I'm sure he's probably starting to figure out, OK, that's why Joseph's wife was acting so strange at the grocery store in the first episode. You know, I think he was probably suspect a little bit of like why people were tiptoeing around him. So, yeah, I think it's probably bringing a lot into clarity. Huge bummer. Point. Huge. Because I love Adam Scott. Well, listen, I don't think that we're not going to see Adam Scott on the show moving forward. You know, I know. if anything, I like to see him so sad. If anything, I think <laughs> we're like uh, we may be on the cusp of like an Ed and Nathan bromance. You know, like I think those two oh, are. Oh, they're going to they're going to bond over the fact that they've both been burned. Well, by you know, Madeline we're 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 skip we're skip, very different ways. We're skipping ahead a little bit and skipping around. But like, I mean, in the Nathan storyline, it seems like he and Bonnie like I hate to even give him a storyline. He, he I feel and, like he's not deserving of he one. and Bonnie have a moment, you know, where it's seems like there's some level of reconciliation, even though Bonnie's still not really ready to talk about what she's going through. Right. Um, but but Nathan has certainly been on the other side of marriage to Madeline. Uh, is Ed going to you know come to him for any kind of comfort or is Nathan going to try and provide any kind of comfort? Or is this going to be the kind of thing where Ed is pushed to a point where like now I've got nothing to lose and he actually takes uh, Nathan up on the offer to have a fight like who the heck knows where that's going on but the, the, there's a lot of possibilities for for where we're going to go with Ed next not the least of which is that like he and Madeline are going to repair this relatively soon is not entirely impossible it seems I like a, a lot of Ed's life is this family you know it is it's a huge part of his life it is his life uh, so how this is going to resolve uh, you know, I, I don't have a I don't have a great read on it what's your prediction I don't know I think that they might actually be done you think that they're done done yeah, because a reconciliation feels too easy in this like sort of landscape. Yeah. You but, know what I mean? But I think like considering what he could find out. I've also had to protect myself about like reconciliations for divorces ever since I watched Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> like I really thought what? they were going to get back together. <laughs> it was like a really scarring experience really? for me. I bawled at the end of Mrs. Doubtfire and my mom was like, what? What happened? And oh I was like, God. we didn't get back I together. I feel ambushed. I feel like this is, such a, this is like a run by fruiting that <laughs> has occurred on this podcast. I thought it was a drive-by fruiting. Yeah, it's a, it's a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> Either way, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a surprise uh, to bring Mrs. Doubtfire into the equation here in, in this capacity. I'm just telling you that I need to protect my heart and my heart says that I want them to reconcile, but like, don't be so sure. But now it's got me thinking that maybe Mary Louise is somebody undercover and like the fake <laughs> teeth should have been the tell that we're going to get a scene dead brother Raymond well we're going to get a scene like late in the season and Mary Louise is going to take the teeth out and take the wig off and she's just like somebody totally different she's just like still played by Meryl Streep obviously 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 it's just like it's just Meryl Streep undercover yeah Uh, so so who knows what's going to happen there Um, all right so you're going to say that Madeline uh, and Ed are going to remain broken up that's your prediction yeah I think I think that's supposed to be illustrative of like what lies can do to you yeah uh, I will take the opposite uh, uh, prediction just okay. just to make it interesting. Sure. By sure. the end of the season, I think that they will be back together. Mm. I, think, I think Ed and Madeline will be able to, to repair the Or will that the be the clincher for them renewing it for season three, in which I think will be too long? <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be too long, but I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see how that all goes. Uh, elsewhere in the Madeline storyline, the person who spills the beans uh, to, to Ed about the affair is Abigail. Abigail is back home and living with Madeline. Any predictions for where this is going? going to go was, was this really like the big dramatic moment that we're going to get out of that or is there still stuff to be mined from the fact that there's some tension between madeline and abigail about whether or not abigail is going to go to college i just think that this is sort of like a subplot i'm not really too concerned about this i think we have bigger fish to fry you've got bigger fish to fry okay yeah um uh, madeline is also really trying to connect with bonnie there's a couple of scenes in this episode where first she offers bonnie the ride while bonnie's going for a run bonnie does not seem to she's not even going for a run just a long walk doesn't want to get picked up by madeline during the walk yeah no i mean i think she 
truly is a loner in a lot of ways, uh, as we're seeing from all of the, her different interactions with people. She's having a really hard time, as she keeps saying. She's having a tough time. Uh, and, and Madeline is trying to relate to Bonnie, but it's not going so well as Bonnie is trying to to just like sort through this stuff on her own. But I felt like we had like our first like kind of pseudo breakthrough when Madeline comes to Bonnie and says, I, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I think Abigail should come back to my house. And like she she like presented that information in a way that felt like it was like she was bracing for like an intense reception. And instead, Bonnie was pretty quickly like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. I can't give her what she needs right now. Yeah. I, well, I think that the, in a lot of ways, probably the tension that they've had as being like ex-wife and current wife of Nathan has probably dissipated in the light of the tragedy of Perry dying. Right. Yeah. But how how could there not be some sort of contention still between the two of them? And it makes sense, I think, from everyone's perspective that Abigail go to the home that's, you know, a little bit more loving and supportive. At least stable. it was at that point. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I think we could move into into Bonnie territory sure. because she does have such a big storyline yeah. in this episode. She's going for the long walks uh, on the side of the road. I, I love how, how Madeline's like, you're walking in the middle of nowhere. She's like, I'm not in the middle of nowhere. I'm I mean, on a hike. I'm on a hike. That's just kind of, you know, kind of where they where they're at. Uh, but the big deal in the Bonnie storyline this week is the introduction of her parents. Crystal Fox, as mentioned, playing Elizabeth Howard. Uh, Martin Donovan as like, Bonnie's dad. His, deal? his name on the show is also Martin, as he is named in real life. Mm. Martin Donovan. Yeah, but he's like so inconsequential to the Martin Donovan. He's like uh, there at dinner and like you don't see him at their house at all. Like what's that? He's uh, he was he was on uh, on weeds. Martin Donovan. Yeah. You, were you a were you a weeds person? I don't think you were. No. I don't think you watched the weeds. He was in a season or two. I think he was in a season of weeds. I don't think he made it much further past that. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Uh, but he he's, was in Saved. That's what I remember him. He from. was in Saved. That's what you remember <laughs> him from. Are you down with God? I always have been. Uh, he's also an Ant Man, so he's a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. So that's exciting. Um, yeah, so we, we're seeing Bonnie's parents here. What are some of the big takeaways from meeting Bonnie's parents here? Um, it would appear that there was a lot of drama maybe in her childhood along the lines of her mom being a drinker. Yes, we got some information there. So that's Bonnie has troubling. that line where she's like, oh, you're drinking again. Yeah. So that probably is something that will be dissected in coming episodes. Um, it would appear that her mom is definitely of the earthy, crunchy type as well. Um, I don't really know what to make of the feather crystal bone combination other than maybe she's trying to heal her daughter, you know, in some sort of spiritual way. Yeah. Um, but Bonnie is also not super receptive to that. So that's kind of interesting. And her mom keeps being like, well, you're building up walls. Your husband's kind of a moron. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, She's like, he's an emotional idiot. Right. Yeah. Is what she says. Like, and he's not supportive. He's I, emotional idiot. He's I stunted. I do really love their exchange when they're in the walk in the forest together. And she's like, what are you doing here? No one else looks like you. You married a guy who's more or less, you know, kind of just like Joe Schmo. Right. Um, you know, what walls are you building up around yourself? And I, I found that to be very poignant. And I also, it was just something I always noticed anyway, where I was like, oh, it's nice to see like a little diversity on this show. Totally. But it's great for them to talk about it where they're just sort of like, yeah, you're the only person of color that we see at all. Other than, I guess, the teacher. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Who I'm shipping with Celeste, as I said, as we were watching no, this you show. Were like, you were like, they should get together. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm I really it. don't think that that's the plot line. I want it to be. I want it to be. I don't think I, there's really no basis to go on. That would be a on. really bad idea for him. Yeah, but it'd be great. Ugh, what be a great. hot mess that would be. Oh, truly a hot mess. Yeah, it'd Mary be great. Louise would be like, who is this man? No, no. It'd anyway. Be, it'd be great. Uh, but I think it's, I, I like that this, this storyline is opening up. I think that one of the things that season two has the opportunity to do is to like kind of heighten the story for, uh, for Zoe Kravitz, who was just, you know, she was great in season one we just right. didn't get a lot from her and like i said last week um there's so much more of her in the book so it's nice for them to kind of flesh out her character a little bit more in the show now is there stuff from the book that hasn't made it onto the show that you think the introduction of uh of bonnie's parents could bring up and if so, if there are like any kind of like major spoiler type things from the book so, i would say don't reveal them no here, i won't but, um but their back their background is is definitely more prevalent in the book like the drinking stuff it, it, she's more of trying to get away from her father i believe oh okay so I, they've flipped the roles on this which Got i it. think is fine i you know especially for everybody who's only watching the show and never never read the book i don't think it's that big of a deal we're you know either way we're kind of learning more about her background now so it doesn't you know it, it should you know reveal itself especially since this is uncharted territory in terms of literary work so right. um 
but yeah, it's, I think it's, it's great to finally have a spotlight on her to kind of get into her head a little bit more. I mean, I think honestly, anyone would be devastated if they had knocked a guy down a flight of stairs after he was violently attacking a whole bunch of women. I mean, it depends on the guy. <laughs> I guess. So, no, you would obviously be clearly very <laughs> traumatized for the rest of your life. Right. And I think it's very funny that her mom even points this out at dinner where she's like, huh, Nathan, it's so weird that you would call me and say to me, you know, Bonnie's been acting weird for the last six to eight months. And like, what's been going on? Well, I'm pretty sure we can narrow that down to one incident. Right. When there was a gala and, you know, she saw a man fall to his death with his brain splattered everywhere. Don't you think that might have something to do with her mood? Yeah. And he's like, oh, oh, oh I forgot. Yeah. Like, totally didn't. Only didn't I put don't that know. together. I kind of feel like he's just grasping at straws at this point, like between Ed and her mom being like, here, fix my wife. Yeah. Like, well, he's, he is absolutely emotionally stunted. Like he just has fair, no emotional like, intelligence. I'm glad that he's concerned, but also like, come on, dude. I mean, I think the thing that he said to Bonnie earlier where he was like, divorce can be terrible. And like his voice cracks. I love that. I'd love to see more of that kind of like emotional intelligence, even if it's just a flicker of it here and there. Yeah. Like to invite her mom over and be like, yeah, so like you've been having issues. I called your mom. I would be really mad at you if you did that. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that you'd be thrilled. But I mean, Not I, that I don't love to see my mom. But if like you didn't ambush on me instead of like kind of figuring out what was going on. And like, obviously, he's like, I've tried to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I think it's complicated because I think in his way and like his limited capacity, I do think that he's tried. Uh, and I think in his mind, you know, and, and this may just be like one of the failings of this character is like he's not going to be able to reach those conclusions on his own. Like he's a good guy in other ways. Uh, he's probably like very practically useful, you know, like around, you know, around who knows? I mean, just because a man wears flannel doesn't mean he's well, he's been he's been described as like very outdoorsy, right? Like he's been described as somebody who like kind of lives that life. He's like hunky in that sort of like traditional, you know, alpha type way. Uh, but is he like, is he? is he like, is he like a sensitive guy? Is he somebody who's going to be able to like really pick up on why you're down doesn't seem like it so maybe for him as he's like kind of like in this in this place of despair doesn't feel like he has anybody he can really lean on for like the you know like the emotional like divination that needs to occur uh, that typically the person that helps him with this stuff that he's leaned on for so much of his recent life has been Bonnie this is that moment where he needs to join a men's group Some, yeah what, <laughs> what, what, what is it uh, EST from the yeah. Americans right yeah I mean I think that, that was a real thing but that's what I remember it from there from are the men's Americans. groups yeah so I got a whole article about it I think that that, that could be <laughs> helpful and so m- maybe he and Ed will be able to, to help each other out in some way if they don't you know kill each other in a fist fight first uh emily yes the crystal the feather and the bone uh, I know, aside I from being I really the great know. name of a fantasy novel uh that or has, an album that has yet to be written or an album that has yet to be recorded or my my apartment or your apartment that's gonna be the name of your apartment welcome to the crystal the feather and the bone is this an apartment know. that you were uh <laughs> renting behind my back or is this where we live <laughs> Sorry. It's going to make podcasting very awkward. Oh, wow. Can we at least finish out the season? Sorry. Uh, do, do you have any insight into the crystal, the feather, and the bone? I know I that you've been trying to read it. it. You've been reading up on it. Does that, nobody really, seems to have an answer. Yeah, there's not a lot of clarity on it, especially in the context of this show. Yeah. Um, I do know that a lot of people use crystals as a cleansing power. Um, I don't know if there's any scientific proof behind it, but uh, they certainly look really cool. I have a couple on our coffee table that I just like to use as paperweights. Yes. Um, the bone, I don't really know. It looks like a chicken bone, RIP chicken, and the feather looks great. The I don't feather, know. The feather looks great. <laughs> What's up? By somebody who really likes birds. So what was fan. what was so special about the feather? I don't know. I mean, there it might just be like a cleansing thing that she's putting all of these things together and hopefully it brings good energy into her daughter's home. Could these be things that Bonnie has like ascertained over the course of her life, like earlier in her life when things were either like a little more peaceful with her mother or like talisman qualities? Well, well, so I mean, talisman. It, talisman. <laughs> talismans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nathan should join a talismans group. Uh, <laughs> well, Bonnie and her mom do have that conversation when they're sitting at the at the stairs and her mom says, like, I've been having the dreams. I've yeah, been like having, having dreams. Visions, yeah. having visions and she goes i know you do too yeah and the water is love. crashing oh yeah uh and so like is is this is the crystal is the feather is the bone are these things from bonnie's childhood when maybe she was a little more open to that or at least a little more open to discussing I those kinds of things that. with her mom i don't know i mean i'm certain i'm certain that this is sort of something she was raised on 
But obviously she's like, I don't want that here. I don't want to have that conversation again. Like cut it out. And her mom's like, okay, I'm just telling you having these visions. I know you are too. Yeah. Which I love. Yeah. Why did you love it so much? Because the vision thing is like, so me. Yeah. You have dreams. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I've predicted so many babies births. It's not even funny. There's, there's a lot of strange occurrences that have happened with Emily Fox. I myself am not much of a believer, but it is hard to deny the predictive powers of of Emily's dreams. Yeah, I have visions, not of drowning, usually of childbirth. I don't get it. I don't know why. We'll do a vision cast at some point in the, in the future. Oh my God, I would love that. Yeah. I'm predicting the future. Bring your crystal, your feather and your bone. I'm predicting the future and that's going to happen. That's something I'm just going to put that in the calendar. (laughs) What a vision. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Emily has on. a predictions cast. Um, all right, let's talk about other people. I mean, uh, Celeste it has a has a lot going on in this episode. Speaking of dreams, she is like sleep. You know, her sleep walking and sleep talking has escalated to sleep driving. Yeah, she takes an Ambien at two in the morning, and she then like wakes up crashing her car. She's very lucky that she is pretty okay and yeah. it's really just the car that got smashed up mm-hmm. yeah and she i think was in a sort of a dream sequence of perry when it yeah. happened too so she just sort of blacked out that was frightening yeah that was scary yeah uh very, very scary she's clearly still having feelings for perry even though he's gone she's meeting with her therapist in yeah. this episode and she's talking about how she's she doesn't know if she's ever going to be able to get over it she's pretty honest about when you suggested that I get back in the dating pool, I was offended by that. Right. Um, her, it, it's, it's so tough that, you know, she, she has such complicated feelings still about this man who's so clearly violated every single sacred thing that you're supposed to uphold as a human being, let right. alone as a, as a partner. Uh, but she, you know, she can't like kind of like untether herself from, from the abuse from the happy memories that she does still have. And I love the therapist being like, okay, think about like this one particular incident that happened and envision Madeline yeah. in it uh, instead of yourself. What would you do? How would you react? Because I think she's trying to get Celeste to realize, okay, all of this stuff that you normalized for so long was not normal. And you can say it wasn't normal over and over again, but like try putting anybody else in your place. Right. How upsetting is that? Yeah. And it was, it was upsetting to, to see that, to see, you know, Reese Witherspoon on the receiving end of the Alexander Skarsgård beatdown was very jarring. And I, I can, I can only imagine what it was like the film. What I was, was just like going to say, that. like, can you imagine him coming in for all of these like little snippets and vignettes and being like, okay, so you're pretty much going to like choke out three different women today. Right. And like say three different creepy things. And that's episode two. Yeah. It was, it was upsetting. It was very terrible. And it it led to Celeste, you know, like screaming primarily. No. Yeah. No. Which she does later too. Yeah. So let's talk about her with Mary Louise. Yes. Uh, Well, at first it, it seems like things between Celeste and Mary Louise are, are trending upward, right? Where, where she comes home (laughs) Uh, you know, Celeste and, and Mary Louise had already interacted earlier in the day. Celeste and, uh, or Mary Louise rather and Madeline had already interacted oh earlier in the day. We'll talk about that in more Such detail a, a little bit in a little bit. I mean, we can talk about that right now. Yeah, they had words. I mean, Madeline is like saying like, yeah, Celeste had to help me with a thing. She's like, oh, what kind of thing? She's like, oh, a short person thing. <laughs> and Mary Lou, and you know, cause, cause Madeline's not the type of person who's going to let something lie, but neither is Mary Louise. So like, it makes sense to me that their animosity is escalating to the yes. point where it's just like open hostilities mm-hmm. where Mary Louise goes, you don't like me very much, do you? Uh, and they they get into the conversation where Mary Louise talks about like standing up to the bully. You know, like I was always I know, being friends with the being bully. friends with the bully. And she's like, am I the bully in this situation? Mary Louise also does something very strange with uh, the, the necklace with her with her cross. Yeah. She like she like like puts it like on her chin. Yeah. Is I that a thing? That. No, she just says it as like a little tick. Yeah. She's like, well, I'm sure when you're being very like appropriate and behaving and da, 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 da. you're a great friend to have. <laughs> yeah. And then she like puts the necklace up on like her chin. Yeah. She's like, I'm afraid of, like you're going to break it off by accident. She probably will later. Oh, you think so? You think <laughs> that that's a Chekhov's broken chain? I don't know. I'm waiting for her to really let loose. I'm waiting for her Renata moment. Well, she, she had a lot of terrible moments in this episode. She's terrified. Uh, but she and Celeste, they're Can you in imagine the, her being your mother-in-law? Terrified. That would be horrible. That would be very, 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 very frightening to, to have a woman like Mary Louise in, yeah. in, my, in, you know, in my close family. I would be terrified. Um, but she like says to Celeste, she's like, I'm looking for an apartment in the area. I want to be here to help you, but I don't want to always have to be here, here. And I, I loved Celeste's reaction. She's like, Mary Louise, you've been so helpful, but I do think a little space would be great. 
And like that sticks in Mary Louise Craw. Well, like, yeah, she set the trap and then she's not happy she caught something out of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that she she didn't love Celeste's answer, even though I think like Celeste's answer was like a reasonable thing to say if you're speaking to a reasonable person. And I think that we are really getting the sense that Mary Louise, not exactly a reasonable person. No. Um, Somebody who's been through a lot of pain, right? You know, like we didn't know that there was the another death in the family. Yeah. When she was, uh, you know, sort of younger with Perry. So I'm, I'm my assumption is that Raymond, who she brings up, is Perry's brother who died that right. he brings up later in the flashback. Yes, that's mine as well. OK. Yeah. He died when Perry was like, what did he say? Five? Yeah. He said young. Do you think Perry killed him? Oh, um, Wow. This could be one of those eureka moments where in a couple of episodes we look back and like yeah. Mary Louise has like her eureka moment. Of where she like, watches I be- her little boys fighting each other. Yeah, where she's like, I believe you in terms of why, like, you know, like she'd been rejecting it for so long that Perry was a monster. Right. Uh, and it turned out that Perry had been somehow responsible for the death of her own other son. Um, something like that could occur. Yeah. Um, and maybe. we don't even know where Perry's father is either. It'd be very dramatic for that to happen. And I don't think which I don't think would be out of line for yeah, me out of line line. at all. I, I think it's it's not necessarily necessary to still like kind of get some of the important results that we're getting from Mary Louise. Where like you could understand why Mary Louise is as intense as she is. Totally. Because she has lost another child. You know that she has lost two sons now. Um, and like, it doesn't have to be that like Perry killed the brother in order for like, uh, there to be like this big reveal down the line of like why Mary Louise is rejecting the idea that Perry could be abusive. It could just be that she's already traumatized from having lost a son and now history has repeated itself and she's like, just like doubly traumatized and doubly wounded. Um, either way, when, when Mary Louise is having the conversation with Celeste, after it comes out that Perry is Ziggy's father, the game of telephone that occurs that she finds out from Josh and Max, uh, that Ziggy's father is Perry. That was a moment also jaw dropping where you're like, well, that was the first big jaw. I was also really upset with Celeste for not using a cutting board, uh, when she was slicing the sandwiches for the boys lunch, (laughs) Uh um, on the counter directly. Yeah. It was the type of counter that uh, was it going to stain the counter. No, but it might've left a mark. It depends on what it's made from, but if it's quartz, watch out. Okay. If it's quartz, watch out. Good words. Uh, good life advice here. Watch out for the resin on those. Gotta watch out for the resin on the quartz. Uh, (laughs) but, but Mary, Mary Louise and, and Celeste are, are having it out and they're talking about uh you know what what the history of violence is with with perry this is like this felt to me like this was going to be something that was like later game season two material of celeste like owning up to to mary louise yeah, this like, is once perry again, one of those things where like whoa we're going there this episode wow she was like your son was violent but she's still you know she can't shake and you know like very understandable very relatable very tragic uh very upsetting that like celeste can't like kind of like sever herself from the history of violence like she feels the need to have to like explain like i was violent as well like she's you know she doesn't want to like see herself as like the sole victim in this situation she like still wants to assign like some victimhood to perry it's very very sad yeah um and you know the way that she's articulating the information to mary louise mary louise just isn't buying it mary louise is being really really uh terrible in that conversation about how like well wouldn't you have reported it when yeah, you why did you go the to the police? Why did you go to the police? You know, couldn't Jane be somebody who was really promiscuous and slept with a whole bunch of people and, you know, all of this stuff. But then she goes, you know what? I'll go to the police. Right. So she's planning on going to the cops. And she's like, it's really interesting that you found out that he had fathered another child with this woman the night of the gala. Yeah. You left that out. Yeah. So she's be- like the series of you left that outs were terrifying well i mean kind of like at the rate that we're going (laughs) at the rate that we're eating up story right now like it wouldn't shock me if the lie comes completely undone like mid-season yeah uh you know it's it's not like the the you know it's not like the most airtight lie in the history of lies too. I mean, like, they're called the Monterey five. You know, there's a lot of threads that could be, that could be pulled on here uh, that, that you could imagine unraveling the whole thing in short order. And Mary Louise has basically like cracked the code at this point, except for like the Bonnie piece. Right. Um, so you do. And Bonnie herself seems like she's pretty ready to kind of confess. Cause she's got so much, uh, you know, so much, so much inner turmoil about the whole thing. So it wouldn't completely surprise me if if we go there. I just it made me so upset to see the way that Mary Louise was reacting to Celeste. It was yeah, just upsetting. But we also, you know, I want to touch upon really quickly 
Celeste and Mary Louise witnessing the boys fighting. Yes. And one of them just going nuclear on Celeste when she tries to hold him back. Right. Right. And then she pushes. Celeste does. Yeah. Yeah. Because, no, I don't want you to be like him. Yeah. Which is terrifying. And Mary Louise sees this entire thing happen. Yeah. And then the other part that Celeste witnesses, um, it's a discussion that they're having in the car after the boys sort of talk about in their class that they're really sad their dad's dead. And she's like, listen, we're a family, you know, like we we talk about these things. We should be able to, like, you know, express that we're sad, you know, and tell each other things. And one of the boys goes, well, I don't think we're that kind of family. Right. So that's very sad and very telling. And then to watch the boys talking with Celeste later when she reveals to them that Ziggy is their brother. Or it confirms to them anyway. Confirms, yeah. That they all go like, was daddy a bad man? And she says, no, he's an amazing yeah. man. He's a wonderful man. And like, it, I, I totally get it. Because like, who wants to color their children's minds with that kind of stuff this early? But you have to believe that they saw a lot of really bad behavior, which is like what led to Amabelle being choked out in the first season, right? It's a really complicated thing. Obviously, Celeste hasn't come to, you know, her own full, firm, good feelings about the whole thing. If such feelings can ever like fully be arrived at just the level of abuse and and harm and damage that has has occurred in this in that marriage and therefore in that family. Um, But the dichotomy between that and what Jane tells Ziggy uh, to, yeah. to shift it over to to Jane, who doesn't have a ton going on in this episode outside of she's maybe like talking about a practice date with with very strange Corey. Yeah. Uh, which that'll happen. That'll and be fun. So many blunt bang images. Lots of very, oh. you know, the bangs are out in full force. Guys, I just can't. Uh, but but Jane Ziggy has bad hair in this, too. Oh, come on. Ziggy's a cute kid. They're all great. Uh, Jane, Jane is, you know, she Sorry, went when this kid has bad. Hair. Yeah, I mean, come on. This is young Sheldon you're talking about. Know, but they could have just like pulled it back a little. I don't know. We're not going to get that young Sheldon sponsorship that I've been working so hard for. <laughs> but uh, about Ruth's Chris. Ruth's Chris. Come on. <laughs> Tweet me back. Anyway, I can't believe that. Listen, we're, we're veering far off topic. Hashtag. Uh, so Jane, Jane does tell Ziggy. She confirms to him once she finds out everything that's going on. Uh, Ziggy talks about how what's assault. Uh, no, we we got not even that. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I, that I was born from salt. Like someone he, puts, he gave you salt. He salted you. Yeah, he didn't. He doesn't fully understand that. The great it's AJ very Mass well acted. The great AJ Mass had tweeted uh, about uh, reactions to this episode. Didn't love that Ziggy doesn't know what assault is, considering he himself had been accused of assault in season <laughs> one. I think it's a fair point. Uh, but a counterpoint is he's a child. Yeah, maybe doesn't it didn't pick up on the the gravity of the word assault. Uh, but I but I hear what AJ is saying. Yeah, maybe you didn't want to believe that that's what happened to your mom. Right. Can you imagine? Right. But Jane confirms to Ziggy what had happened. Uh, she tells him that this is just for him. Jane and Celeste have the open conversation of like, I did tell Ziggy and, what happened. And I told him. Celeste is not thrilled at she's first. She's not thrilled at first. But I mean, they, they seem like to get on the same page of Jane being like, I know that you have to protect your kids. I have to protect mine. And that for me means I can't lie to him about anything. But I've told him that this is just for him. That being said, something that I see kind of lining up for a collision is what Ziggy now knows about who his father is versus what Josh and Max believe about who their father is. Jane has told Ziggy that his father was an abusive man. Uh, Josh and Max have been told that their father is an amazing man. Maybe a little weak. Maybe a little weak. That's the biggest dig that she can give him, right? He could be a little weak. But what kind of collision is going to occur there? Yeah, because it's not like they're not going to talk, especially since they're introduced as brothers to each other at the end of the episode, right? Yes. Like they're having a play date together. Everyone seems a little sheepish and adorable. Yeah. But like, you know, this is the new normal for them. So what does that mean in terms of them comparing notes? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something to watch out for. Uh, we've gone so long without talking about Renata. Oh, save the best for last. I mean, the Renata stuff. <laughs> I don't know why. But like, uh, I was just like, I love this. Yeah. I mean, I feel horrible for her. I, no, feel, I feel horrible for the whole situation. But uh, another lie. Yeah. So Gordon was doing all sorts of bad trades or whatever. Oh, yeah. Working in finance, doing bad, bad trains. things. Yeah. We should have known bad it by trains. the, should have known it by the trains. So many drinks near those trains. I know. Um, so wait, so what happened? What, what was Gordon doing as best as you could explain to me? Essentially from what I can tell, it was a failed business or like failed like investment. Uh, he knew it was going south, but no one else did. 
So a lot of people were like sort of tanked in terms of their money. Yeah. And he gets pulled out by the FBI and picked up and charged with a whole bunch of this stuff, but is released on bond because obviously he's not really a threat to the community. Right. Either way though, he basically says like, I bet all of our savings, like all of our financial stakes were in this. Yes. So like, if I have to pay out all of this stuff, like they're going to come for all of our money. Like Amabel's trust is fine. It's an irrevocable trust. Right. So it can't be. I love how he keeps like saying that, like that's like the great news. Like Amabel's going to be fine. Don't worry. It's an irrevocable trust. Like she's going to be Okay. Uh, and like Renata's like, but what about us? Like, yeah. what's and he's like, no, this could be good. Like, people have like good new chapters. In life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what a spin! <laughs> yeah, really trying to spin it pretty early. Yeah, but she's she's like, well, I had nothing to do with this. So like, are they gonna come for me? Like, you know, I had, you know, I'm, I was not involved. And he's like, oh no, like your money is community property. Like, yeah. they're gonna take everything. From but me. a lot of Renata's life is changing now. I mean, it's it sounds like she she had come from poverty, uh, yes. or at least she was she was not living the lifestyle that she right. she's currently living. You had made the the reference to the quote earlier earlier uh in this podcast i'm, I'm not gonna not be rich yeah i will not not, not be, be rich which is an incredible line but she may she, have to change you know she's going from this situation where she's about to be the cover person of this powerful women uh in business magazine uh that that you know who knows if that's still gonna hold in light of this and you scandal see, you know when this all happens like he gets picked up they're at like the coffee shop she's wearing like her gucci fanny pack her gucci pants like a great little like puffer like sleeveless vest yeah she's like got the look yeah and then her whole life as she knows it is basically pulled out from underneath her yeah i mean who knows what the what the the depths of this are going to be like how how far will she fall she could you know she could lose the house she could lose her status she's going to need to find a new place to sit apparently is what we've heard that she's she's not going to be sitting in uh some of the places that she she'd previously sat before oh you're not getting like it boards? oh you're not getting it it's okay some people maybe are getting it maybe i'm not delivering the joke well enough there was a joke about oh. her where she was sitting <laughs> i get it earlier in the episode that yeah, that happened which is like such a good one line it was a very funny line it was a very funny line you're i'm not just gonna trying to say it no i'm not i, I feel now i feel like PG-13? i'm put on the spot oh, i just feel like a very little embarrassed feel a little awkward about um, it one thing i want to note is that when gordon gets taken into custody you see the cop you yes. see the detective from the Monterey Five case, yes, drive by. Right, Renata witnesses her going by. Yeah, she's like, she's got, she's got this. So like, there's like a little spark where she's like, hmm, yeah, you know. And then we see her start to lose her like you know, proverbial shit. Yeah, at the sentencing, like the, the hearing that they have, not the sentencing, the initial hearing of like when they're setting setting bond, right, how, uh, bail for how much it will be, and. Uh, you see her looking around at everybody who's like an official court employee or a lawyer and everything. And they're all laughing at her. She has like the vision of like, they're all laughing. Yeah. So like, there's a real fear, fear there. She's really losing her mind. Yeah. I just wonder what what that's going to unravel in terms of like her role in the lie. The fact that the, that the, the cop is, is shown in that, like, is she going to be like uh, leaned on? Yeah. And like, that's something she talks to Madeline about. And in one scene where she's like, are we being strong armed into something? Like, why would they think to pick Gordon up on these charges? Like they're going after me. They're taking my iPad, my laptop, you know, what are they looking for? So, you know, could this be a slow chipping away at the facade of all of these like perfect women's lives to try to get in further and really figure out what happened to Perry on that night? Right. So it could be. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Um, So the husbands we've talked about. uh, Gordon has been arrested. Uh, He is out out on bail right now. He's kicked out of the car temporarily. That was kind of funny. Such a good scene. I kind of looked good in the in the prison suit. I gotta say, you? No, he, oh, I'm not. I thought, I, I thought you said I kind of looked good. I mean, I've never I've never worn one, but I, I could if you'd I like me to. Don't. I mean, no. if, if you want to do like some role playing or Ew, something. That's so weird. Uh, we did just watch a, a whole lot of Oz. We watched the whole series in like a span <gasps> of three so weeks. A uh, podcast coming to Michael J. Clark's pilot season very shortly. Yes. Keep an ear out for that. Uh, so who knows? Like, do we think Gordon's going to like go to jail for good, or at least like by the end of the season, is he in prison? Is he going to be out of prison? I'm wondering if it's Renata that's going to crack because she basically stands your, to lose get everything. Your husband out of jail. And yeah. Tell us so what's like, going on. how do I get out of this scenario where I lose? I feel everything. Like she doesn't like Gordon enough to like do it just for Gordon. Well, I, she was like 
you will not do this to me. Right. Yeah. I feel like she likes the money more. She likes the status. She likes like the life that she's carved out right, for herself like, more than she likes the man. He's like collateral damage. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, so Ed has been, has broken it off with, with Madeline and Nathan so is, sad. is a dummy dum dum. And we're wondering if those two are either going to become best friends or if they're going to fight each other now that they, and Perry's uh, still dead. Yeah. Perry is still dead, but we're see- we're still seeing the Perry flashbacks. I think that there's still a little more Perry uh, that, that should be coming our way in the near future. Then with the kids, we've basically talked about everything that's going on uh, with the kids. I guess one thing that we haven't really speculated on too much is what's going to happen with, um, with Ziggy Jane and Mary Louise. Now that Mary Louise like has a reason to like investigate Ziggy who could potentially be one of her grandchildren. Yeah. So didn't you see on the, uh, Coming up on the rest of the season, there was a scene where Jane and Ziggy like come around a corner and Mary Louise is just standing there yeah. looking at them. Yeah. I mean, I what's happening? I can't wait. It's going to be intense. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, feedback. We've got some feedback from people. Yes. You want to hear? You want to yeah, hear what, do what the people have had to say? The great shut up. <laughs> Tim, uh, our, uh, our expert in Monterey uh, in that part of California, who says apparently the parking by the aquarium is not so bad. OK, that's good. Uh, it's not it's not that expensive. It's not that pricey. Uh, and that the aquarium itself is is very worthwhile. Uh, so if we ever get back to to that part of the country, Emily, I think that uh, a stop at the aquarium. I would love to. It's on the agenda. Shut up, Tim writes in and says, other than his ears, should Ed also get his memory checked? Didn't he basically know all of this at the end of season one? Uh, Madeline never comes out and says it to Ed. But the final thing that we really see of Ed in season one is he's singing and he's looking out into the crowd and he's watching Madeline look off at Isaac Mendez and Isaac Mendez looking back yeah. at, at Madeline. So, like, is it something that, like, he intuitively knew and, like, didn't investigate any further? What do you think was going on with all that? I think it was probably something where he was, sus- you know, suspectful of, like, what's going on. But, like, beyond that, probably overshadowed by Perry's imminent death. Yes. You know, um, there were enough hints dropped throughout, like, the end of season one and into season two that he was probably like, this is weird. People are acting strangely around me. Right. So if nothing else, I think this was the missing puzzle piece to have it finally verbally confirmed. Another from shut up, Tim. What are some of the other things that Renata used to like that she will no longer be participating in? Uh, so we know that she will no longer be sitting in certain spots. Oh uh, what else is Renata? Uh, she's not going to be helping Gordon uh, build his model trains. Yeah, those days are done. Get kicked off of some boards too, yeah. right? I think that I think that the magazine is in jeopardy, and I think like that's like w- once that happens, once like the the cover, like the cover shoot that she did, once that like gets taken away from her, I feel like that might be like a real impetus for her to to consider some I don't know other. That. Options. Wasn't she saying on the phone like you were the best PR person ever? Yeah, well, hope- so maybe that PR person can be like, uh, hopefully, control, hopefully. But if she feels that that that's not possible, maybe she'll make some moves. Uh, Shut up, Tim also chimes in and says in your last episode, Josh mentioned Emily picking up, picking him up on the first date because his car had been totaled. Was this accident ambient related as well? I don't think that that was exactly the story. Um, My car got totaled once, but neither of us were in it. It's an it's unclear if the accident was ambient related or or not. (laughs) It happened in the middle of the night. So who knows? It could could have been someone in a white vehicle. (laughs) Yeah, something happened to my my car. That was not the first date, though. It was like 11 or 12 years ago at this point. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather not relive it. It was very traumatic for me. What was our first date? You came over and brought me sushi. I uh, No, we... Is or, that... I came over and I brought you... Um, oh, no, you brought me... Uh, uh, a, ta- uh, a taco salad is what I had. Yeah, uh, you brought me a California burrito. Yeah, what's the name of that restaurant? Syracuse, New York. Alto Cinco. Alto Cinco. The great Delicious. Alto Cinco, if you're in Syracuse, New yeah. York. Then you came over to hang out and you brought me sushi another time. That's yes, what it was. yes. But I ate very lightly. Because I have a weak stomach and I was, you were just nervous. I was very nervous, but I also have a weak stomach and I was very nervous about, um, about what could possibly happen if I, if I, if I overindulged in certain cuisines. So that was really the, the yeah, biggest thing that was on my mind that during you had the had a salad on our first date. I was trying to be very, very cool. I was very fit that back was. then. Oh my God, <laughs> I looked great. I'm trying to get back to that. Uh, Leo Rule Forever tweeted us a couple of things. First is, how long will it be before Mary Louise tries to poison Ziggy's mind about the way that Perry really was and her fantasy of her vision of who she thinks or wants him to be? Um, I, re- I, we've just talked about this a little yeah. bit, but I, I really can't wait to see what that's gonna, what that's gonna look like. And, and I wonder how, how much exposure she will actually have to Ziggy because Jane is very pro- uh, protective. She has such a close relationship with her son. 
that I feel like she's not really going to allow Mary Louise much room in Ziggy's life to have like a very deep conversation unless Mary Louise is able to get to Ziggy without Jane being present. Well, yeah. And that might be part of it too. And and especially she's getting a condo here part time. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like does Ziggy go over to Celeste's to play with the boys and Mary Louise has an opportunity to talk to him there. You know, I don't know. But I think I think the key will be if Mary Louise can can be with Ziggy alone. And I think that that would be a hell of a scene. Um, so I, I, I both like hate it and I, and I desperately want to see it. Uh, Leo rule forever also says, what do you make of Bonnie's mom having some kind of sight vision or of what's happening in the future? She said she saw a person drowning. Um, where do you think that that's going to go? I mean, okay. So another flash forward in the preview for the rest of the season is Bonnie and underwater. Yeah. It's a really fast clip. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's what she's envisioning. Maybe she you know, is talking more along the lines of Bonnie emotionally drowning, which she sort of hints at in this episode anyway. I don't really know. I think it's compelling. I think it, you know, adds another layer and we're certainly along the ocean. So like, why would that be, you know, that on, you know, that strange to not think about. Right. Right. Uh, The aforementioned Michael J. Clark uh, writes in and says in a series with truly elite acting performances, can we give Adam Scott and Reese Witherspoon the belt for that scene? Uh, I think the breakup scene. What did you think of the of the breakup scene? Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think it's actually how that would have really gone down where yeah. she's like talking and talking and then she's like, oh, my God, can you please just tell me what you're thinking? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was it was tough. It was tough to watch. Uh, I think that the the Mary Louise and uh, and Celeste scene, that was that was probably my my scene. You left that out. Yeah. You left that part out. I mean, God, Meryl Streep, weekly Meryl Streep. I know. I just want to do an impression of her and like read some of her lines it's every the week. Best. It's the best. <laughs> uh, Brent, the shower man says, I know you seen, you said it seemed like big little lies fanfic, but I really need more Ed and Nathan scenes moving oh forward. Perfect levity. <laughs> what did you think of this week's confrontation? Brent, I love you. I, I still, am just not totally feeling the Ed and Nathan stuff. And it does still feel like big little lies fanfic for me. And the problem I think I'm having with it is like either it's being played just for laughs, like the the intensity of Nathan yeah, versus where you Ed. Need like a quick interstitial between some other horrible tragedy happening next and, and being revealed. And like in that <laughs> level, like it does just feel like, you know, like Big Little Lies wish fulfillment, having these two characters in a scene together and it's not really going anywhere or it's going somewhere. And right now it's just like kind of funny, but like hard to take seriously. Yeah. So if it's going to be going in a serious direction, I think that they got a little bit of work to do. I just think like, the chemistry between those actors and those characters feels like it's almost part of a different show. Like it just feels a little too, too cute for big little eyes to me anyway. I don't know. And why can't one of them go to a different coffee shop? What happened to Tom? Small town. That's the uh, biggest lie of all. Tom's Where been, did Tom go? Tom's been shut down. Gordon killed Tom. Tom's been shut down. I don't know. It's possible. He did threaten. He, he made a lot of threats. What if Gordon killed Tom? It's not impossible. Uh, okay, so that that's the feedback. Reminder, uh, postshowrecaps.com slash feedback. That is how we like to get it. You can also tweet at us at postshowrecaps is our Twitter account. I'm at Round Howard. Emily is at Emilet. Uh, anything else from this episode that we did not cover that you would like to cover here? No, I think I will bring a bone, a crystal, and a feather in for next <laughs> week. Though. All right. Yeah, I think that that would be nice. I think it would be good. I don't know how it will play for the podcast, but... It might uh, bring in good vibes for us, though. Yeah, I'm yeah. feeling it. Okay, bring it along uh, on, on this trip that we're about to take. We'll be uh, along the water. As we podcast uh, from the road, as we said, we will be on the road coming up very shortly. Uh, speaking of the road, Emily, before we close out, can we take a quick second to thank our sponsors for this episode? Those are our friends over at True Car. Absolutely. All right, 60 seconds. Yes. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. Do you know what else you can do in about a minute? Uh, you can get an offer for your car with True Car. Uh, that's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, your dog we do not have a dog do a few <laughs> sit-ups or just listen to my voice you can get a true cash offer best of all you can do it from your smartphone or home just go to true car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate true cash offer from a local true car certified dealer it's that easy after that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together. You can ask questions and get the answers you need so there's no surprises. Then simply leave with your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. I will. Yeah, so please do. Uh, what else? What else, Emily Fox? What else is going on? I don't know, man. You're doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Everything's going well? Humidity is like 100% today. Not it's very, very humid out. It was really getting under my skin. 
I was very cranky before this podcast. But you know what? You saw the best in what we had to talk about. We, I, I tried. I tried my best. Uh, just the, the thought of having a crystal and a feather and a bone in my future is... Uh, <laughs> I was like, in your what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are very exciting prospects for <laughs> me. Uh, very exciting that we are doing this Big Little Lies podcast. Thank you all for listening, for all the great feedback yes. along the way. It's been so much fun to do so far. Reminder, postshowrecaps.com slash iTunes for our main feed. Postshowrecaps.com slash Big Little Lies. We are still working on getting that set up, but hopefully in the not-too-distant future, that will be ready to roll. Uh, your ratings, your reviews, all of that would be greatly appreciated as we are hoping to be seen in the charts. Uh, honest reviews, honest feedback, of course. Ideally, it's positive feedback. But if it's negative, you know, do, do whatever your heart tells you. Uh, you know, feel, live your life, live your truth. Yeah. But really don't say anything if it's bad. <laughs> Keep it, keep it to we yourself. We encourage you to lie. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> the spirit of the show. Yes, yes. We will be back in the next week with another Big Little Lies podcast. Until then, take care. 